Welcome to the Ontario Outdoor Pursuit Podcast. This Ontario-generated podcast is here to talk outdoor living, fishing, and hunting. Give all kinds of geeky tech talks and hunting tips with things that have worked for us. We all have a story to tell, and here's ours. <clears throat> Welcome back, everyone. Another great episode coming your way. A very special guest, and we had chatted about him last week. BJ, welcome. Hey, how are you? So uh, the the ongoing thing with uh, Marcello and I is how the hell do you pronounce your last name? Doucette, D-O-U-C-E-T-T-E. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your Instagram handle? Um, Hunter Doucette eighty two. So the reason I'm saying that is because people are uh, interested in this podcast, given that photo of your elk, and there's lots to talk about on that. So um, I guess me and you, we uh, we met just. Uh, a little while ago and coincidentally I ended up shooting bows the same same time yeah it was what a year and a half two years ago yep. yeah um yeah i can't believe that we had kind of recognized each other from that instance but it was cool nonetheless and obviously as hunting does it brings everyone together and here we are now absolutely so you went on a pretty freaking sweet hunt this year why don't you uh dive right in and tell us a bit about that i did um it was probably July, um, end of July. I was humming and hawing about doing an elk hunt for close to three years, I guess. And uh, I remember I called you, and I'm like, dude, do I do it? And you're like, yeah, you gotta. I'm like, I've got nothing tying me down. I've got, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I just got to do it. So we chatted back and forth, and I ended up uh, calling a guy by the name of Brad at Alberta Elk hunting um his handle on instagram is alberta elk whisperer and he is an amazing guy just a down-to-earth you meet him it's like talking to your uncle or your buddy or whatever um chatted with him for a couple of weeks ended up uh sending a deposit and uh the rest is history so Um, it's a guided hunt it's a guided hunt yes yeah province to province you either have to know somebody or yeah you pay for a guide right um as we were talking a little earlier diy would be perfect scenario for myself but it's just too difficult when you don't know anything about it it's uh it's probably the route to go would you say i would say the land is uh it's a lot different um the animals are night and day i mean whitetails you can pattern you can you can call them in, and you know when the rut is. Um, with elk, they, they move constantly. Yep. They don't settle down in one spot for too long. Um, but they're amazing animals. Like, they're just unfreaking believable I Was should, it everything that you thought? Like, I'd, just the bugling to seeing it? And... I'd say more, man. Yeah. So I would got up Saturday morning, and in my fashion, I went to work. Had to be in Alberta Tuesday morning, 5 a.m. to get up and go hunting, but I decided to go into work and uh, put in a full day. So I got home, loaded the truck up, um, and left Kitchener at 6 p.m. Drove straight through to Sault Ste. Marie, pulled over, slept for three or four hours, got up, grabbed a coffee, fueled up, and started driving again. I drove all day Sunday, um, stopped for gas, coffees, bathroom breaks, um, got to, I want to say Manitoba at three in the morning, Monday, pulled over, slept for another two, three hours, then drove straight through. I got to camp, which was 
northern Alberta. It's bordering on BC, um, but our camp was in a little town, um, it was Spirit River. Um, yeah, probably an hour away from BC. But I got there at 9 o'clock at night. So I literally ate, showered, and went to bed. Got up Saturday morning, wide-eyed, could not believe I was there. It was 4.30. <laughs> Alarm was set for 5, and I was just raring to go. So that was my uh, that was the start of my hunt. Six hours sleep in 48 yeah. after working a full day, and that was that. I had made a joke the night before saying that I'd get an elk the first morning, first couple hours, and I almost pulled that off. <laughs> <laughs> Does not always go that way. No, and it was crazy. Um, anybody who does whitetail hunting, you know, not to shoot head on. They're a narrower frame, um, skittish, they're hard to hit. Um, elk are a little bigger. So the night before, Brad was showing me a couple of points of, you know, where to shoot, good spots, good heights, locations. And I was pretty excited and pretty exhausted, so it all kind of went out the window, uh, on monday or tuesday morning so first hour kelly who is brad's son um and it's his first year guiding but he did an absolutely amazing job these guys are unbelievable um so we get down into this hollow and he bugles a few times and we hear one go off in the distance and if you've ever heard an elk bugle on tv or youtube or whatever it's it's amazing but there's there's no comparison to real life just YouTube for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was for me too, and I did a lot of it before. Um, so this thing bugles, and it bugles again, and it bugles again, and it's coming in fast, and it's getting louder. Um, it was a scene out of Jurassic Park where that Tyrannosaurus just rips through the forest, literally head down, left, right, left, and he is in this small clearing. He might have been 22 yards from me. Um, just lets out this giant bugle and I'm, my bow is probably at quarter draw. So it's at peak weight and I'm shooting an 80 pound bow and I had custom strings built for a 90 pound bow and I, uh, I have my poundage to 85. So coming in hot, don't even feel the damn thing in my hands. It's literally this elk standing in front of me and yeah, they are monstrous. Like you think about them and you just you can't fathom what they actually look like until you're there i could feel my heartbeat in my toes i could <laughs> feel it everywhere and this damn thing's looking at me and i guarantee it's going what the heck is that sound like it was just just phenomenal so it bugles again and it kind of quarters away and heads back into the woods and uh <laughs> kelly goes holy crap he goes that's a dream bull it was a nice five by five might have been 750 pounds um anyways i'm like yeah he was awesome he goes yeah he goes i've been wanting a bull like that for a long time and uh we start walking and anyways he turns around and he goes was that your heartbeat <laughs> i'm like it was <laughs> i could literally feel it pounding like it was it was unbelievable like this this animal's insane. That's the moment you realize all the practice, all your all the YouTube videos, it doesn't and mean all anything. your happiness is just right there. Yeah, and it doesn't mean anything. You can dream about it as long as you want. <laughs> when yeah. that animal's in front of you, it's it's a whole different world. So, anyways, um, 
we did a bit of walking. We tried to call him in again. Um, we had actually heard a couple of gunshots probably 20 minutes prior. Um, and then the whole forest went silent. So that was morning one, hour one. And just unbelievable. So we get back to camp, and I'm telling Brad about it. He's like, why didn't you shoot him? <laughs> I'm like, well, we don't shoot whitetails head on. He's like, that's fine. Yeah. So he literally gestures to his hands to like a foot and a half apart. Or maybe 18 inches apart, he goes, white tail, and then expands it double and says, elk. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, do you see the difference? And Have I you said, ever seen that video circulating on social media, YouTube, where uh, uh, some guy hits an elk head on, and he, like the elk literally doesn't move, he just stumbles, and you just see it start pouring out of him onto the log? No. I'm going to have to show you that later. It's, yeah. It's incredible. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. It's like <laughs> 10-yard shot, and this thing is just pouring pouring blood they're they're insane um okay so that was morning one um we got back to camp we uh grab a bite to eat we rest up i'm still too excited so i'm ready to go again so i'm out shooting my bow and practicing uh we get out that evening and it is quiet and just like you know cam it's it's hit or miss yeah you either have action or you don't um so that was day one day two we had nothing come through didn't hear anything, didn't see anything. Day three, a couple of bugles, couldn't get on anything. Um, we'd actually come into a clearing, and we saw five or six elk that were just sitting there, and as soon as they saw us, they took off. So we went chasing them, and they are ghosts. For for big animals, they disappear, and they hide very well and very fast. Yeah. Um, day four was a good day. Uh, the morning was quiet. And I mean, when you go whitetail hunting, you you go in, you sit down, you call, you rattle, you wait. This you're on your feet the whole time, like mm-hmm. the whole time, man. I mean, you're it's it's Alberta. It's probably six degrees in the morning, seven degrees in the morning. Um, things are covered in dew, like you're soaked from the waist down. It's it's wild. Um, found a couple of cool sheds, and I had found a. Uh, we were driving along and we saw a couple of uh, moose legs kicking around and a gut pile. So the natives had harvested a, a moose and you're not supposed to move the, the, the kill zone yeah. or the guts. Yeah, so it was sitting there and a bear had gone through and decided he was going to take what was left. So we pulled over and we went for a walk. And I mean, this, this moose had to be, this skull had to be... Th- uh, what would you say three feet wide you saw the yeah, picture yeah i would say yeah he was a big boy he, um, he pushed easily 50 uh he'd be close to 50 inch bull at least yeah he was that's a big that's a big moose he was well, you were just saying the skull is huge like that's cellos right there from a couple years ago on a rifle hunt yep in comparison to that how how much bigger would you say that that one was skull wise maybe two inches wider but paddle-wise, like that's was, a that's a big moose. He was big, yeah. So some bear had thrown it on its back and drug it <laughs> down this ravine, up this hill, and it was amazing. We're literally following the path, and you can see the scrape marks, like from the claws coming yeah. up this hill. And I mean, let's say this bear had three, four hundred pounds on it, but he literally drug this thing up, and uh, so we went for a walk. We were probably a couple hundred yards in, and we saw seven foot spine laying there 
So we walked a little further and found the head. Now, keep in mind, this thing had been dead for about a month. So it smelled pretty <laughs> bad. <laughs> it smelled pretty bad. And me and all my bright ideas is like, hey, let's take this back. We'll clean it. Yeah. <laughs> So we threw it in the back of Kelly's truck, and it was disgusting. Like, the maggots, and, and it was just, I should have left it. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about when you see uh, some bone out there in the woods, you're, you're not leaving that. Right? It doesn't yeah. matter. You yeah. deal with the smell. You're so happy at that point. Oh, I know. I had, yeah, I had stuff falling on me, and I didn't care. <laughs> I was just pumped. I'm like, this is an awesome moose skull. Yeah. I had great plans. I was daydreaming. Yeah. Anyways, um... Got that back to camp. The next day was completely silent. Nothing. It was just quiet. Um, we traveled a lot. Jumped in the truck and out of the truck probably a handful of times. Just bugling and going for short walks trying to see if we could pick up on anything or anything would respond. And it was dead. Um, second, sorry, third last night there. Um, we went out and it was an amazing night. Like, something you'd see out of a Cameron Haynes video or something silly. <laughs> we had three or four bulls bugling. There was one in front of us, one beside us, one behind us, and then one behind him. So, I mean, they're everywhere. So Kelly would bugle and these things that all light up. Like, it's insane. Um, and elk all sound differently. They they really do. You can tell size. You can tell dominance. It's It's amazing. In, in that sense, uh, when you can tell the dominance, is it is it just a deeper bugle? Is it what does it sound like? It's a lot deeper. Um, you can tell the difference between a two year old bull, a three year old bull, a three year old bull to a four year old bull. They're just they get a lot deeper and a lot. The duration of the call does it differ as well? Like the you know, uh, if if a two year old's making a call that's five seconds long, does a bull that's six years old make a, a call that's fifteen seconds long? They, it's it's like two guys at a bar that want to prove who's bigger, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. Yeah. So if you bugle, he's going to bugle just a little bit louder and yeah. a little bit longer. He just right. wants everybody to know that he's the top bull in there, mm -hmm. which is freaking amazing when you think about it. Um, yeah. Anyways, so Saturday, or sorry, Saturday night, um, Friday night, we got three bulls, four bulls, and they're just lighting up, but it's getting dark, like we're, we're pushing legal light. Um, so there was me and Kelly, and we had a bull that was probably 15 yards away. Believe it or not, you can't see these things. Like the bush is thick, the, the deadfalls everywhere, like it's insane. So you can see leaves and branches rustling, but you know, you get a glimpse of like a hindquarters or, you know, front leg, shoulder, something like that. But unless they come out, it's tough to see. So we're calling this thing in and calling and calling and calling. And he's, he wants to challenge, but he's not coming out. So he's waiting for us to make our move, which we're not balls. So we're not, yeah. <laughs> we're not stepping out in his sight. No. Um, anyways, we hit legal light and we've got a, might might have been a two kilometer uh hike to kelly's truck and it's dark and you're in the bush in alberta like it's it's insane so we uh we ended up calling brad and they were down a kilometer so instead of hiking up two kilometers three kilometers we just travel down a kilometer but it's pitch black we've got headlamps on and 
you know what it's like in the bush in the dark. Yeah. It's uh it's a nightmare. So this bull kept following us out. He wanted to make sure we were out of his territory. So he chased us for probably three quarters of that kilometer, just bugling and making sure we were leaving. So we got to the truck, we're both soaked. Like we're hustling. It's it's a lot of downhill, it's a lot of bush. I got back to camp and I was terrified. I'm like, I've ripped this bow through so much brush and i'm like something's got to be wrong so i started my truck up and i turned the high beams on and i shot a couple arrows just to make sure everything was, was still working okay um everything was good everything was good yeah um so then the second last day and this was just this was a nightmare so you know me well enough if i do something dumb or like i'll beat myself up until yeah, yeah. till the end like there's no there's no remorse on my end for me. I'm a dumbass. I made a mistake and I eat it. So, um, second last day we get up, we know exactly where they were. So we get out there and it's dead quiet, like beyond quiet. It's just eerily quiet. So walk for three, four hours to go back to camp, have breakfast, um, sit around, we have supper and then we go back out and we're driving along this path and it had rained the night before and Kelly got his truck stuck. Like we buried this thing. Couldn't get it out. <laughs> and here in the backwoods in Alberta, so there's no cell service. Like it's it's crazy. So we're throwing twigs and branches and whatever we can get underneath the tires trying to push. Like it's not moving. Well, we've got no cell service, so we can't call anybody. Nobody knows where we are. We're just, we're sitting ducks. So we go for a walk, and uh, we probably traveled about a kilometer up this bush, and we started getting cell service. And So Kelly's trying to call Brad. I'm trying to call Brad. It's it's intermittent. It's quiet. He's out hunting, too. He's not, he's not going to answer. Um, so this old boy and his wife are cutting through this cut line, and they uh, they pull over, and so we got them to uh, drive us back and tow us out. So on the way back, he's telling us, he goes, oh, we just saw a big grizzly a couple kilometers up in an open field. <laughs> so that was comforting. Yeah. And literally um, maybe an hour before that, we had we had cruised into this path. We got out. We walked in. Kelly made a couple of calls. Nothing responded. We were coming out, and there was a black bear sitting there. He might have been 250, 300 pounds, but he starts off into the woods and then he comes out sits down watches us and it's pretty cool to see but at the same time yeah you really don't want to be in the woods with a bear um so we got the truck unstuck and it's pushing legal light so we've got like a half hour left and kelly's like man i am so sorry and i'm like that's what it is i'm still kicking my ass for for first day hunt not taking that five by five so we go back to camp have a few drinks, eat, shower, go to bed. I get up Monday morning going, okay, last day, let's make this happen. Like, just positive about it. And it's tough at this point because I just spent a week <laughs> hunting and had my opportunity and did not take it. Yeah. Literally froze up. So we got out, um, walk down a couple hundred yards, Kelly bugles, and we hear something off in the distance. So we're both bright-eyed. We're happy. It's it's a good sign. Uh, go another couple hundred yards. There's a bear den. So 
look at it. We keep going. Kelly bugles again, and this other hunter that was in there bugles, and he is just terrible. Like he's he's unbelievable. I guarantee I could do better, and I suck. So I looked. How at, many times did you try to call while you were out there? Uh, two or three times. Did, did Kelly or Brad just tell you to stop? Or no, the, <laughs> it's a couple of chuckles, and it's it's hard to do. It's, yeah, it's not an easy easy thing to do. Um, and if you go on. Uh, the Alberta Elk Whisper um, Instagram page. There is one where they had cut an esophagus out of an actual elk. That is a pretty cool video. Kelly put a read in and called from it. Like they're amazing. It those, sounds unreal. Yeah, those guys can call. Like just unbelievable. Like Kelly's first uh, first year guiding. How many bulls did they get? Um, he got. Him and his dad were doing a were doing a toll, and I think Kelly actually. He got just as many, or he beat him. I can't remember. Um, but I think Kelly had pulled in three, four, five, seven bulls, eight bulls, I think, in a month. That's insane. Yeah, Brad said he's never had any other guy pull in that many, and that was his first year doing it. Unreal. He's he's going to be amazing. Well, he is amazing. He's just he's just going to get better. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm looking forward to working with him again in September. Um, so yeah, we get going and literally this hunter is chasing us now because he thinks that Kelly's an elk. Um, so a couple hundred yards, another bugle, guy lights up behind us. Um, it's comical, but it's annoying because he's so bad that any animal in there is going to know that's not a real bull. So... We get into this clearing and this guy's still chasing us. So we're walking by and we find another moose skull. Kelly picks it up. It's smaller. Um, throws it on his back. We're walking. We get into the woods again. A few hundred yards, maybe a little bit more. This uh, hunter behind us bugles again and Kelly barks at him. And all of a sudden we hear wolves light up. It, had to be a dozen strong maybe more it just they start howling and it's amazing like it's it's incredible it's a rush there's it, a lot of them where we go moose hunting yeah and it's something else yeah it's it's bone chilling but it's it's awesome it's cool it's it's you don't get to see where you're sitting at home on the couch <laughs> exactly what does uh rec daniel say can't catch him from the couch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i actually got to meet that guy in um in Indianapolis at the Archer Trade Show. That's yeah, a, we'll, we'll that's another story. ATA, don't you yeah. <laughs> so we get through, and uh, this pack of wolves lights up, and all of a sudden it's it's quiet again. Like they they settle down, they let everything know they were there, and this hunter lights up again. And I looked at Kelly. I'm like, is this guy serious? Like, what animal is going to let a pack of wolves know where it's at? Like he's he's ridiculous. So I sat there shaking my head, and me and Kelly are like, okay, we've we found a bear den, we've got another hunter, now we've got wolves. Like, we're not getting an elk this morning. Like, this is this is a bust. So we're sitting there, and um, this guy bugles, and then the wolves light up again, and Kelly looks at me and goes, all right, they're close. He goes, how many arrows you got? I'm like, I got six. He goes, how many arrows are you going to use? I'm like, six. Because, <laughs> well, let's be honest. Wolves aren't going to stop until they no. get what they want or realize. It's you or them. Yeah, exactly. So that was kind of a kind of an interesting feeling. Mm-hmm. 
So they had settled down again, and we're sitting there for a few minutes, and we're looking at each other like, what do we do? Do we keep going? Do we go back to camp? Um, so we get up, we start walking, probably five minutes of walking, and all of a sudden we see rustling to the left of us. So we turn, I knock an arrow, and this bugle comes out from behind us. And uh, I look at Kelly, he looks at me. He's like, yeah, we're between him and his cows. I'm like, I know, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, yeah, we we sat in that area for, I don't know, probably a couple of minutes trying to call him out. And he wouldn't do it. And then he starts moving because he's going to want us away from his his cows. So he starts moving, and so we start chasing him. So we get another couple hundred yards and a couple more bugles, and you can see him pacing back and forth. But it's thick. Like, there's no real clean shot. So we uh, we keep pushing, and he keeps pulling us away, and finally get into a clearing, and it had to be maybe 40 yards wide. And everybody hears about elk hunts, and they're like, okay, it's an 80-yard shot, it's a 70-yard shot. It's a... When I asked Brad what's typical range for it, he said, I think it was 8 to 16 yards is what they kill most of their bulls at. And he's not lying. Like, it is... It's crazy thick in there. So we got to a point and the brush is insane. Um, it's probably three feet tall and it's it's dense. So I'm stuck between two trees. Kelly's 10 yards to the left of me and this bull is on the other side of the clearing and he's pacing back and forth. Um, so I'm looking at Kelly, he's looking at me. He can't see the bull. Like it's, it's that thick that where he is to where I am, there's... There's no view. Um, so I'm looking at Kelly, and he bugles. And so I had my rangefinder, and Brad had told me, because you don't need a rangefinder, you don't need a set of binos. I went in all hunky-dory first day. <laughs> I had the Vortex pack strapped to my chest, feeling good. <laughs> yeah, that afternoon. I have to it look did. good to play the part. That's right. My buddy Brian says you got to look good to play good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um Anyways, that didn't go back on the uh, the first afternoon, but I'm glad I took my rangefinder. Um, he had three points. He was coming in and pacing two, so he came out at 40 yards. He was coming to about 28, uh, maybe 25 yards, and then he was pacing back and forth. So he'd come in, he'd bugle, he'd pace back and forth trying to get us to come out. He'd go back in, and I showed you a video of that tree. Like mm, he beat insane. the crap out of this thing. It had to like be six a, inches around. Yeah. yeah, and he just bent it over. Yeah. It looked like what was like seven feet tall. Just demoed it. Shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, when I actually when I downed him, he had sap all over his antlers from from ripping this thing apart, which is pretty cool. So, first time he comes out, I had ranged the three spots. Second time he came out, I drew on him, and I had an evergreen. And I mean, you're looking through a bow sight. It's it's a small window anyway. And there is an evergreen branch literally covering his full body as he walks by. And I'm like, Jesus. So I looked at Kelly. I'm like, I need to move. Like He's like, no, stay. Because I was wedged in between two trees. It was perfect. And uh, so I'm like, well, how the heck am I going to make this shot? Like, So I ranged again, and he was in beating the crap out of this tree and <laughs> just asserting his dominance. So he comes back out, and I drew again, and I'm looking at him going, I cannot make this shot. So I had my uh, my spot hog set to 30, 
I guess had it set to 33 yards. So you you shoot a, a like a single pin double sight, right? Like a uh, single post double pin. Yeah. Yeah. Rather. So they have uh they have the two they have the dial, they have the two indicators and then they have a green pin and a yellow pin. So how did you set yours up knowing the distance that he came out at 40? How did you have it set up like were you thinking that okay, I'm going to you know, did you pick 25 and 40? Like, how did that work out for you on your site? I've ranged them on all three, and I kept my bottom, like, there's a lock mm-hmm. on the bottom of the dial. I just unlocked it, and I just turned the dial. Nice. So I picked kind of the mid-area he was coming through, and I figured on a two-and-a-half-foot window, if I was a touch high, it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. If I was a touch low, it wouldn't be a big deal. Right. I just knew I had to make the shot. So I had set this thing to 33 yards, he came in the fourth time and I'm just, my, my front leg is shaking. Like it wasn't near as bad as day one, but I could feel the adrenaline kicking in and I was like, oh my God, like I got to do this now. Cause if yeah. I don't, he might take off and we might not get him again. So I drew back, I anchored and I'm holding and he's coming in and I'm like, I still can't see him. That freaking branch is still in the way. So I literally did a squat right there. I dropped down. My butt was probably a foot off the ground. Um, I waited till he got into range, and I let that release go. It was like slow motion. You know how those archery videos and stuff, you see the arrow spinning? I could literally watch that thing turn, and I watched it clip the branch that I was trying to miss, and I watched it just dive right into him. And just like that, it was fast forward, and he was gone. Like Mm -hmm. I watched it hit. I knew I hit him good, and he just, he bolted, and he was gone. And I just, that feeling of accomplishment, and you just, there's something about it. You know you yeah. did a good shot. And then I stood up, and Kelly looked at me, and I looked at him, and we're just smiling. And then we hear this thing crash. And then it gets up, and it crashes again probably three seconds later. And Kelly's like, where'd you hit him? I'm like, I hit him good. And he's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah. So we waited for a couple of minutes, and I'm literally spinning circles. Like, I want to go find this thing. <laughs> like, it's a damn elk. Yeah. So um, we sat for about 10, and then we snuck over to the area that I had hit him in, and there was zero blood, man. Like, zero blood. So I'm shooting an 85-pound RX-1 at this point. Um, it's an 80-pound bow. I bought it. I was having problems keeping it timed, so I had a buddy of mine who works at the Archer's Nook build me a set of 90-pound strings. I put that in, and I cranked the poundage up a bit. I built this thing to hunt big animals. It's not a not going to go slap a turkey with it. Yeah. I actually did shoot a grouse with it. <laughs> did you recover that arrow? Or it, long gone? it took longer for me to cut it out of the tree than it oh, did to, to actually breast the bird out. Yeah, it was me and uh, Kelly and two knives trying to pull this thing out. We got it out. Um, so this 85-pound bow was built for this. Um, anyway, so when I hit the elk, I hit him three or four inches in front of that front shoulder but i think i hit the top rib because when i we found him laying down and he'd only gone 70 maybe 80 yards at best but no blood trail so he hit and he bolted and there was two little paths i'm like okay he could have went high he could have went low it like we talked about earlier it it hits it's all done and then you forget like you forget some of the small things it's so I couldn't remember which path he took. So um, 
Kelly took one, I took the other, and I mean, they were probably only 20 yards apart. So we found him, he was, he had tripped on a log, spit up, and got up, and then tripped again and fell. So we found him downed, um, still no blood. But where he had fallen, and he had spit up, the blood was already solidifying, and it was like jello. Like I picked up jello. It was mushy. It was it was unbelievable how quick these things heal themselves. So I'm looking at him going, uh uh-uh, I'm not going near that thing. Like you get an hour, you know, at best they say yeah. on a white tail. It's if it's a good shot. Yeah. Kelly walks up, grabs it, <laughs> grabs it, shakes it around, yeah, he's dead. I'm like, there's no way I would do that. No. So we get in and um yeah, we're looking. There's there's still no blood. So couldn't see the arrow. He had hit, it must have hit a branch or something and snapped it off. But on the back side of him, um, you could see the broadhead protruding. Like it was, it was that point where you could see it, but it hadn't broken the skin on the other side. So all the blood had, I clipped an artery and all the blood literally funneled into his lungs and he was, he drowned himself, which couldn't ask for a better kill. Like no. literally 10 15 seconds and that's it he was down yeah that's unreal that is unreal it's crazy how you can uh uh, define that whole story like that and you can do it over and over and over again and you will not forget (laughs) it was funny we had talked about doing this podcast uh late september when i got back and i literally i'd gone to forest city archers and i think i told the story probably 10 times to 10 different people in in a matter of days it's just and i was it was funny i was driving here tonight and i was worried i'm like well you know it's been a while i mm-hmm. stressing out i'm a little nervous yeah never done a podcast um yeah. but it's a lot of fun so um we've done everything we could to get him up for pictures uh we've taken a few pictures and then gotten him was an absolute nightmare like yeah. we had to pull him we had to we cut him open the back end was okay cutting out the esophagus and stuff was just it was hard um so we got him we got him gutted grabbed the heart and i literally had the heart in one hand and i'm looking at this thing going this is the biggest heart i've ever seen like it's it's massive it's pretty much the size of a football there's a picture on instagram guys go in and like it please (laughs) it's hard to tell how big it is with your hands and holding this heart but yeah, you, you got to see the mitts on this guy to really appreciate the size of this damn heart. So it's uh, yeah, it was insane. So we got him, we got him gutted, and we're like, okay, we're we mapped it. We were three kilometers from his truck, so we're like, holy crap! Like we got to get back. We gotta go back. Um, they pull him out with a with an ATV and a sled. So literally, we just we cut a path, a couple of chainsaws, and we got this thing out back. We wenched him onto the sled and we drug him out it was mm-hmm. awesome so all the gutting's done at camp it's relaxed there's no there's no pressure there's you not dragging stuff out several times but anyway so i got back and i probably got 200 yards away and i looked down and i still had this heart in my hand like i was just so excited to have mm-hmm. this thing finally done so i had the bow in one hand heart in the other and i'm like all right well i'm not leaving it so i took it um we walked for maybe a kilometer and um there it's still public land so there was there was guys that were setting up to hunt so we came across a couple of trucks and a couple of campers and we walked up and (laughs) i had a big smile on my face like a 
like an idiot. <laughs> and uh, big bloody heart in one hand and a bow in the other. And the guy's like, how'd you do? I'm like, really well. Um, ended up asking these guys for a lift back to the truck to save some time. And yeah, they took okay. us, they dropped us off. I'm like, can I give you 20 bucks for gas, anything? He's like, nope, it's okay. So, I mean, that just speaks volumes to the hunting community. Like, Absolutely. Guys are out there for the same animal. They're happy to help, and it's it's awesome. It's like that one, uh, have you watched the new uh, Season 8 Meteor? Yes. Right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Alice shoots his bull, yep. and that other hunter on public lands Comes. is able to come across his bull. Yeah, and they get it out, and they, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's what it's all about, so PETA can rip on us all they want, but they ain't got <laughs> shit on who we are and what we do really exactly and some of the best people i've met in the last couple of years have been hunters and anglers and they're just outdoorsmen they they love it they have a passion for it yeah. and they treat it with more respect than people who sit back and judge so. i love it we uh so tonight's meal was uh vegetables taters and of course elk meat yeah so thank you very much for that that was that was honestly the best like i i'm Definitely venison is up there for me. Yeah. But I gotta say, for a, a steak, that elk meat is damn good. That is the best wild game meat there is. You're most welcome, buddy. It's, Joe Rogan's uh, not hyping that shit. No, up he's not lying. He's, eh? you know, <laughs> he's, he's serious. <laughs> and you feel good after eating it. Yeah. yeah. No, it's it's good. Thanks for cooking it and the yeah. spices and the seasoning. Absolutely, awesome. man. We'll have to do it again soon. So, uh, I guess, yeah, a big congrats to that elk hunt. I look forward to following along and seeing what this September brings for you. Thank you. And I put my deposit down a couple of days ago and then I got stressed out. I'm like, oh my God, what if I don't get one? <laughs> but that's hunting and that's, that's part of it. You're going back for all those experiences and really that's what matters. I am going back for all those experiences. Yeah. So recently, um, you got to attend the 2020 ATA show. I did. Yep. And what was your take on that? amazing yeah yeah he just he couldn't ask for a better time there's yeah. thousands of people that all share a common interest a common mm -hmm. goal and a common dream and it's amazing lots of cool products to see lots of cool products um got to meet john dudley i am a huge fan of knock yeah. on and the knock on nation i felt yeah. like a little schoolgirl. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a he's a great guy man he is just he's very personable like um, I actually s sat and talked to his wife for a few minutes cause there was a few guys ahead of me Yeah, and she is an absolute sweetheart. She's just a good person and lots to chat about. So I got up to meet John and, uh, he goes, BJ. And I'm like, yeah, I said, nice to meet you. You know, big fan. And he goes, we've chatted before, haven't we? I'm like, uh, yeah, I actually messaged you in August about, uh, an elk hunt in September asking about broadheads um, because I've been told by a few people that um, fixed blades are better out there because of the brush and all that stuff. So mechanicals, yeah, pulling yeah. them in, pulling them out. Um, you got a chance of one of them popping loose and you know, it's going to change everything. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up going with, uh, with a fixed blade when I, when I shot that bull, but he, uh, the fact that he took the time and made the connection was, it speaks volume on yeah. his character. Super nice guy. I'm excited to see what uh, him and PSE got in store. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, we're always, whether we're at FCA or 
sending texts or calls back and forth. It's, you know, it's in regards to something we've seen, heard, or yep. whatever, right? And it's awesome. It, it's nice for those guys to, you know, where, wherever we're getting our knowledge from, they're just, they're speaking it there. And the fact that you got to meet him was pretty damn cool. He wasn't there when I was there, so I'm pretty <laughs> jealous. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched, I was following you guys last year when you were there, and I'm like, oh, Dudley's not going. I said, okay, good. Yeah, and you're then, all good. Yeah, and then you started posting all those pictures, and I'm like, darn it. <laughs> These are all guys I want to meet. Yeah, so. no, 2021. He better go. I so he better freaking listen to this, and he better go. <laughs> <laughs> if I get the opportunity, I will not pass it up. It yeah. is it is so much fun. Yeah, it's definitely worth the week. So uh, last podcast, me and Marcello were talking about um, one thing that we're kind of looking to see more of, or looking forward to in twenty twenty. What is it for you? Is it your elk hunt? Yeah, I want a couple of couple of different hunts. Um, I want to do spring bear. Yeah. Obviously, turkey. Yeah, it's something course. about calling something that it is responds is just there's nothing like it. Um, and then yeah, obviously my elk hunt that I am looking forward to, like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, I and bet. then whitetail again in the fall. Yeah. So hopefully I can fill all tags. I might have eaten uh, a, a buck tag this uh, <laughs> this uh, this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, put work in front of everything else most days and unfortunately that doesn't pay off for hunting so sometimes that's the way it goes yeah unfortunately but i got lots of meat in the freezer so yeah no shit buck down doesn't uh <laughs> doesn't really hurt elk will do you fine till at least next september uh geez man i don't know my freezer's half empty i gave a lot of it away did you yeah well it's it's part of it right like you want to be a couple pieces to this guy a couple pieces to that guy yeah um you and Marcello got a couple of pieces. I got to get you some more. Um, I just packed it quick this morning. No, that is that is great. That is awesome. Um, but yeah, there's some burger meat there and yep. uh, and a couple of roasts. But yeah, it's it's going quick, man. It's it's going it's, really quick. It's, it's freaking delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I might have. Uh, I think I went a month where I ate it like three days a week, four days a week. Yeah. Um, so I had a couple of guys go, "Oh yeah, I eat elk, eh?" Because I post it on my stories all the time. Yeah. So last night I cooked chicken, um, and I had done an elk stew for today's meal at work. And uh, see, I I think I put something like "Don't always eat elk." <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I eat chicken. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's super good, and it's lean. It's it's amazing meat. So any wild games, yeah, you can't beat it. It's I don't want to buy store bought meat again. I know we were talking about that. Yeah, we try very hard <laughs> in this household not to do that. So yeah. Your your kindest donation of uh, that bowl <laughs> has has helped me get through the grocery store. Just another two weeks, if I can. Marcello might mess out. Sorry, Marcello, but uh, <laughs> you're not getting it. <laughs> <laughs> You'll yeah. have to come here for it. Yeah, um, too bad he wasn't here tonight. I know work comes in and long days, and it just this time of year when it's cold, it just takes a lot of you. It definitely does. Next time. Yep, there will be a next time. So on that note, thank you for joining me. We're going to go enjoy some beverages. Thank you, we will. Absolutely, we will uh, definitely do this again. I appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, not a problem. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening in, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks.